You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys. Uh, you guys are always welcome to chime into the show. 402-464-5685. The Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys before, uh, or uh, the rest of the way, I should say. We're joined by our normal Friday guest, Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Talking a little Huskers, talking a little recruiting, um, although it be a bye week. Zach, hello. First of all, how's life going, man? Man, it's one of those those days nick where i'm just kind of exhausted and need to and was able to catch up on some sleep but mm-hmm. i have another probably another day where i need to catch up on that with all the traveling i've been doing and uh it's just a reminder like yeah we're in the middle of the season um and by week came at a good time um but still a couple more road trips left and um I think just like Nebraska's team earlier in the season, that Ireland trip knocked me out early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we had the bye week, the bye weekend, but then there's still stuff going on with Malachi Coleman's decision day on Saturday. So there's always something going on. Yeah, before we get to, get to Malachi Coleman, I mean, I want to kind of talk about um, these last month and a half or so. Uh, Scott Frost obviously fired on, on September 11th. I mean, to you, I always find it fascinating to hear – different opinions to you how long has this la- these last you know six weeks felt because to me it's felt like an eternity and I, last night I was I was doing a high school football game and I was talking to, to somebody else in the media and I'm like holy crap it was only five weeks ago that Scott Frost was fired um, but here we are and you're still just halfway through the season it, it really put things into perspective how early on in the year they fired Frost and, and how much more of the season we still have left here oh my god it's funny that you're saying that because I was just having this conversation last night um, talking to someone of it's I mean for me personally with my with my job I'm running a business while also being a beat writer slash columnist like running a staff and doing all this travel stuff and oh yeah by the way there it's been a season where it's felt like a million different things have happened and there's always something every day and um, I, I keep like looking back, uh, that was September 10th. And that was, so what, yeah, like you said, six weeks ago, not mm-hmm. even a full six weeks. And it's felt like an entire year. Um, and, uh, talking to Greg Smith, our uh, senior recruiting analyst inside Nebraska, he, uh, a few weeks ago, he was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to when we all like the season's over and we go out for drinks as a staff and like, just talk about how crazy our first season's been together. I'm like, Man, like, are we gonna make it that far? Like, we're already <laughs> exhausted this far into it. Like, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's been it's been wild and hectic, and um, kind of what I anticipated when I when I took the job. But still, uh, when you're actually in the midst of it and not just anticipating, it, it's a little um, it becomes real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. How, how are you guys feeling over there with how? 
wild this has been. I mean, last season had to be a trip too with all the uh, yeah. the one score games, but this has felt like even doubly more like stressful, right? Well, exactly. And, and when like Rico and I have talked about it before, and, and I keep telling the listeners, like if you think back to when initially Mickey Joseph was named the interim head coach, there were you know the the, the common names floating around the Dave Arandas, the Lance Leipolds, the initial names floating around, and now here we are uh, around a month later. And those guys have now dropped out of the top 25. Matt Campbell and Iowa State's losing. Dave Aranda's 3-3 three and three going into this weekend. Like, And you have this new rush of names of Matt Rule and Lane, like Lane Kiff. You have this new rush of names that everybody's talking about. And that's when that I guess that's when everything for me personally kind of got put into perspective of like, <laughs> this is going to be a long road. And if, if Mickey Joseph is named the head coach, great, whoever it is. Nonetheless, it's going to be a long road until we find out for sure because it's just going to be a regurgitating cycle of names. You know, if Dave Aranda wins a couple a couple of top twenty five games, then it's going to be oh he's the name to talk about. Or you know, Matt Rule gets fired from Carolina and he's instantly a front runner. So it's like one of these things where I, I keep telling like our listeners and, the, and Husker fans that we talk to like sit tight and and kind of just enjoy the moment, especially if Nebraska wins a couple games because. Um, it's going to be a long road ahead, I think. Yeah, that's what's been so funny and interesting, I guess, is it feels like a movie of the week each week where, mm-hmm. like you said, like Lane Kiffin now this week has been the um, the number one name that everyone talks about. There's rumors, the flight tracker season, all oh, that. Yeah. And last week it was season. Dave Aranda um, or Matt Rule. And, um, that, that, and that's what I was told when uh, – when, Scott Frost was fired on uh, that Sunday um, just talking with people inside and outside the program. And, um, and I mean, Trev in his press conference had said that this is going to be a, a long national coaching search. And I was mm-hmm. told, yeah, we're, uh, I mean, buckle up. It's going to be two, two and a half months of this. of um, That's going to stretch deep in a, into late November. And that's what I've tried to, to remind people Um and it's just like a roller coaster, up and down, keeps going over and over. It's like the uh, the raging bull at Six Flags, where it's just taking all these twists and turns, and it's mm-hmm. hard to stay uh, level, I guess, um, throughout all these. When you hear so and so is a uh, um, a rumored candidate, and 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 I think it's hard it's hard for people who like want this information to take all right what's a legitimate report and what's just rumors on on twitter which is something that we've tried to make very clear like we haven't put out a ton of reports on um on coaching candidates because we don't we're not trying to put out just fodder and just oh i heard from a a friend of a friend or a, uh we heard from a custodian and at exactly. memorial stadium that he overheard uh Trev's second cousin talking about Matt Rule, like you know, like, and that's why it's it's been such a slow process, is because I mean, Trev's staying, um, they're they're staying tight lipped and they're keeping it close to the vest, which is exactly what we expected. But um, that that's the other dynamic of this whole season is like we just said, we have all that stuff going on, and oh yeah, there's another thing in the background of this national coaching search and. It seems with each week, if the, if Nebraska wins, then and 
the program has shown signs of progress. Mickey's the guy. You're like, let's give Mickey yeah. a chance. And then as soon as they lose, Mickey's not the guy. Um, and then everyone, they don't, no one wants to talk about the team at hand. They want to talk about um, who the the rumors of the next coach is. And it's just, like I said, it's a roller coaster. It's going up and down, up and down we're, over we're, the last few weeks. We're joined by Zach Carpenter of, of Inside Nebraska here, our usual Friday guest. Um, just kind of talking about how wild this last month and a half has been. Uh, for for everybody involved, the media, the fans, the the people inside the program. Let's talk about the the people that are currently part of the program and, and Mickey Joseph as the interim head coach. I mean, when you look back and you you take into account Nebraska deciding to fire their coach before the buyout and you know firing their coach so early on to the season, but then you see Nebraska is able to win two Big Ten games. Although it be Indiana and Rutgers, they were able to win two Big Ten games. And and actually, and you were in Purdue, so I'll ask you this as well. But like, it, there was a moment in that Purdue game that I was sitting at home watching it on my TV, thinking, "Oh gosh, Nebraska is just—they're out of it. They're down twenty-seven to ten. Their defense can't get a single stop. Their only source of offense is Trey Palmer. Casey Thompson's getting knocked all over the place. And and here they were at the end of the game, just needing one defensive stop, and you had faith that they were going to be able to score and, and take the lead." thanks to a Purdue extra uh, missed extra point. So I, I guess I'll ask you, when you think back to them deciding to make a change so early on into the season, and after we've, we've seen kind of how the guys have rallied around Mickey Joseph for the most part, and how Nebraska's played, I mean, it, Trev Alberts looks kind of like a genius here, right? Yeah, and that's one of his main points when he was asked at that press conference, the post-Frost, firing press conference why now why'd you decide to to pull the trigger on this decision and he said we have a bunch of seniors and veterans in that locker room and it it was hard to you can't just look them in the eyes and say all right we're not trying to do something um to do right by you guys and um the decision was to try to inject some life i think he said we needed to do something um to inject uh energy and um into this program and i i can't remember the exact quote that trev said but it's worked out so far in the short term it pretty much um exactly how maybe not exactly how he, he would have envisioned but um pretty close where they're just they took that 180 degree uh difference or there, there was a 180 degree mm-hmm. difference made um between the first three weeks of the season, and then when you looked at the few the few weeks after, and as as we look today, so um, that these next five games are going to be telling. Um, I I keep calling it a crucial five game stretch of the season, and it's like, yeah, of course, the last five games are going to be crucial. Every any stretch is going to be crucial, but when I say that, I always mean for the long term. Um, it's going to be critical for the long term future of this program, the direction of this program, because. Um, I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't think that uh, most of these games are good matchups on paper for what the Nebraska strengths, weaknesses are versus strengths, weaknesses of the other the other five games. But it's still um, it's critical because if they rattle off a, a three and two or four and one stretch, I mean, if they do enough, then um, then they're still gonna they're still gonna be interviewing candidates are still mm-hmm. going to be um, gauging interest in multiple multiple coaching candidates but if they do enough on the field and then there's 
the recruiting aspect of it going on where Mickey and the rest of the staff is still hitting the re- uh, recruiting trail hard, harder than, uh, than this program has felt like it's hit the recruiting trail in the last couple of years it, during the bye weeks, especially like there, if there's those signs of incremental growth and progress, like Trev said the other night, he was looking for under Scott Frost, then you have to take that in consideration. And, um, maybe uh, Mickey would get a harder look. So that's why it's th- th- these last five games are just so, so critical for what we're going to be looking at for Husker football over the next however many months and years. One of the things I we're, we're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska here. A couple more. I, I want to ask you one more football related question. Then I want to obviously get to uh, Malachi Coleman's decision tomorrow. Uh, but first, I, I guess when you look at these, next five games, right? And and at the beginning of the season, this has been one of the more fascinating realizations to me. Oh, I, I think I realized it last weekend while I was doing the post-game show. Like, the conversation has kind of changed regarding these last these next five games because beginning of the season, it was, man, Nebraska needs to get off to a fast start when they have an easier slate, and then they'll be able to get into the gauntlet that is Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan. But now, you know, Tanner Morgan goes down with an injury for Minnesota. Wisconsin lost on the road to Michigan State, and they're they're losing guys to the transfer portal left and right um, in that 30-day period since Paul Chris got let go. And Iowa can't score the football. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about how much this conversation's changed and how I think great of an opportunity there is for Nebraska to get a couple, you know, squeak out a couple wins in these next five games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you you brought that up because that's what something I was thinking about during because we had time to analyze it during the bye week is that it was supposed to be this gauntlet, right, of uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa, where it's like, oh my god, like they backloaded Nebraska's schedule. That if they don't um, get out to a, a, a seven win start or a six win start, like there's no way they make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with those last three games they have. And then for the reasons you just said, Wisconsin and Iowa look incredibly vulnerable and um, Minnesota looks winnable. I mean, those five games, the only one where I just see a no-doubt loss is Michigan. Yeah. Um, you're playing on the road in the big house against a team that's uh, extremely strong in the run game and um, one of the best uh, best defenses in the country at putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks with Nebraska's offensive line as as bad as it's been. Um, but then the other four games, I, I, I'm i looking at them saying Nebraska can absolutely win each of those games. I'm not saying they will, and I don't believe they will win all four. Um, but you have a chance in each one. And I, I, again, you have Illinois and Minnesota at home, Wisconsin at home. And then, um, like you said, an Iowa team that, that has no offense, one of the worst offenses mm-hmm. in the country. And it's just, it's that, it's that phrase that we always use going into the, or during the off season, going into the season for Nebraska, or at least one that's been used so often is a favorable schedule. Yeah. Look at the way the schedule lines up, but um, you, you have a chance during this, this last stretch where you should, I, I, I think they're going to be um, in the game in the second half and likely in the fourth quarter and four of those five games. So it is an opportunity um, for this, this team to, to finish strong and, and show what it's got to put a good, a good end of the regular season. But you're right. It's, 
the the feel, the vibe around this this last stretch is completely different than we thought it was going to be um, in the summer. All right, Zach, last one before we let you go. We got about a minute left here um, in, in this segment. Malachi Coleman, he's he's held, been able to hold off his recruitment for for a decent amount of time, and I suppose that's what you can do when you're a top 100 player, according to a lot of sites. I mean, how do you see this thing shaking out tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, he's down to he's down to seven seven schools. I mean, Nebraska and then um, Georgia and Oklahoma, I think, are the two heaviest hitters um, in, in that top seven. That also includes Michigan, Ole Miss, Oregon, USC. Uh, Miami kind of snuck in there for a bit. I think he had a he had an official visit scheduled yeah. to Miami, and then um, it, it was canceled. And then Malachi on Twitter made a clarification. Just to be clear, they they canceled on me. Um, yeah. I mean, Nebraska is the only place that he's taken an official visit to, I believe. Um, and uh, he's he's been there, I think. Not every, maybe not every home game this year, but almost every home game, at least for uh, for a little bit. Um, and Mickey Joseph is he ever since he came to town, he's been building that relationship, building that relationship. You can see how excited Malachi was when he was named the interim coach and. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they've won, he's tweeted out that picture with him and Mickey, with him holding Mickey's uh, Mickey's head like he's palming a basketball. I mean, yeah. recruiting. What have I said? What have I always said? It's about relationships. Number one, it, 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 from now until the end of time, recruiting is always going to be about relationships. Number one, even mm-hmm. in the world of NIL, um, it's all about it's all about that relationship factor. And I think Mickey Joseph and the Huskers have the best one with him. I, I I'm picking Nebraska. I'm going to, I'm putting in a future cast for Nebraska to win that recruitment today. Unless I get some last second information that tells me I shouldn't, but I think they sit really well right now. I think I, I believe the decision is going to be the Huskers tomorrow, but that doesn't mean the recruitment's over. You know, yeah. um, I think this is going to be one where Malachi has been on record saying he needs to see that he needs to see that Nebraska can be, can win some games. He wants to go to a winning program. And um, I think Nebraska has the upper hand in his recruitment, but um, Urban Meyer used to say that a commitment just means you're in the lead for yeah. that player until, until they sign. So I think this will be, even at, even if he commits to Nebraska, it's going to be a, a battle up until signing day, the early signing period, which I believe is December 18th through 20th in, in that range. So um, still, Still going to have to finish it off, and I'm sure still plenty of factors to to weigh out. But um, I do think Nebraska is going to um, sort of get that commitment lead, if you will, at, mm-hmm. um, by the time we're talking about it on on Saturday night. All right, Zach. Appreciate the time as always. Before I go, I better ask you: How bad does Ohio State beat Iowa tomorrow? I mean, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, it. If, if if they were in Iowa, if they're playing at Iowa, um, then maybe I'll give the Hawkeyes a little bit more of a chance, just because there's some history of, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it was a night game, oh, yeah. history there of Ohio State not being able to um, to polish off Iowa. But it's in Columbus, and I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it. Uh, I think it was Adam Rittenberg at ESPN. Maybe I'm wrong, but he was like, "What? <laughs> How often do you see this type of line where it's Ohio State minus?" They're, I think it's like minus 30 and a half and the yeah. over-under is 49 where <laughs> they expect Ohio State to just put it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ohio State has the best 
offense in the country. Iowa is one of the best defenses in the country, but it's not going to be enough to stop. Um, yeah. It's not going to be enough to stop that juggernaut of C.J. Stroud and I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is supposed to be coming back. And oh no! Then you have every then you have Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams. I mean, I could just go on and on. They're actually throwing to the tight end this year. Uh, yeah, he's a Silver. freshman. Um, and then Iowa's offense can't do much, and Ohio State has a much, much, much better defense this season yeah. than they did the last two years. So I, I see that being a massive blowout. Yeah, Iowa's going to have to score over you know ten points to at least give himself a remote shot and they just haven't been able to do that consistently. All right, Zach. Hey, appreciate the time as always. Um, enjoy the bye weekend and, and we'll definitely talk to you next Friday against a big game against Illinois. Yeah, I appreciate you, Nick. All right. That is Zach Carpenter of inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up the week and uh, get you previewed for high school football tonight. Lincoln East and Gretna. Uh, that one's kicking off at 7 PM. It's Malachi Coleman and Zane Flores going at it. We'll uh, preview that matchup coming up next on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.